Welcome back to Consuming the Craft Podcast. This is Puff. Today, I have a graduate of the program returning back home. He's been on the podcast before, Mr. Greg Hill, or pre-doctoral, pre-doctor, pre- Doctoral student. Doctoral student, Mr. Greg Hill. How you doing, Greg? Good. How are you doing? Uh, just living the dream. Is nice. It cold, is it cold enough in here for you? I love it. I know you do. Yeah. I mean, you would rather live in a igloo if you could. I, I would. My <laughs> blood's like peanut butter. Super thick. <laughs> I'm all about the cold. Um, that being said, uh, you are the head cider maker at Urban Orchard here in Asheville, North Carolina. Yep. Uh, you've been doing that now for quite a few years. Uh, yeah. Gravy. Eight and almost nine. Yeah, because yeah. you were you were part of the first graduating cohort. Yep. Uh, certainly a lot of lots changed here since that first cohort has graduated, but uh, there's been some rock stars in your cohort in particular. And that is one of the reasons I brought you back, because now that you've been out and, and you've had to hire, yep. uh, and actually you hired a grad, another graduate of the program. <laughs> I did. <laughs> um, for better or for worse. Yeah, but, but he was an, my intern and he... Well, rocked it, so I, yeah. I wanted him back. No, he's 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 a good kid. I'm like, I'm, but it's just one of those things where now you've been in the industry, you can see kind of what we're doing here and what other places and programs, and you were involved in some other things, uh, educational wise. So you've you've got a, a, a breadth of the industry. You went yep. on and got your master's degree. Yep, in education training. Yeah, yep. uh, and now you're working on a doctorate degree. Yep, in education and training. Yep. So what can we do for what we're doing here, what can we do better? I mean, it's a kind of a broad topic, but if we focus down, we've kind of like bore into some of this. We are talking about recruitment and retention and completion, you being someone who completed, but you did in your defense have a four-year degree before you got here. Yeah. So you had a, no, sit, sit, sit with me here for a second. <laughs> you had a four-year degree in the classics? Yep. Classical history. Basically ancient Greek and Roman history and mythology. So basically debauchery. <laughs> Is what I like to refer to it as. <laughs> you have a degree in debauchery. Yep. And then you came back for this associate. Mm -hmm. Of course, you had a job like before you even graduated. You were basically yeah. working at Urban Orchard before you graduated. I started at Urban Orchard two weeks into the program. Yeah. Uh, that being said, now you've gone on to further your education. What do you see? Like just overall trends in the beverage, craft beverage industry. We're trying to educate people to be employees, managers, owners, operators. What what are you seeing as far as, and I know this is some of what your, your thesis is going to be based on. Yeah. So my dissertation thesis is going to be based on um, trying to help standardize the education of brewers and a formal education. That way, when someone goes out in the industry, they've, when they come here to AB Tech, they're learning what they might learn and say if they went to school in California. That way, if they both, so two people got hired by the same brewery in Kansas City, they both know the exact same stuff and they can walk in the door and start working that day, not need sort of like that overview training of six months or a year before they're allowed to be let loose on the equipment. Yeah. They know exactly hands on what they're supposed to do. They know the theory behind it all. Um, they know what not to do is probably the most important thing to, to learn. Um, <laughs> which, which they've, you make me, you, we, that's what I say. You make your mistakes here right so you don't have to do it out there exactly you, you don't want to dump a uh, 2500 barrel which happens batch. yeah which happens you just don't and want to a, do it your first week on the job yeah right it's a miss yeah so that's kind of what i want to aim towards and i think part of the way that we can do that is starting to get more involved with bringing the community colleges together with the American Brewers Association and um, maybe the Master Brewers Association, um, even maybe with the other types of schools that are out there too, Siebel and also um, UC Davis, where you went. 
Yeah. So if we can kind of get more of a collaborative effort to bring that education and standardize it and formalize it, um, I think that we would be better off as an industry because, you know, you're going to have some breweries that are opening it up and they're going to hire someone off the street who thinks it's cool to drink beer all day. And that's not what this job is about. A hundred percent. So, this job yeah. So <laughs> those people are going to burn out and those breweries will burn out and they're going to be better off making, um, a formalized education, a standard that they have to hire by. So if you're going to even try to apply to a brewery, you've got to have a two-year or four-year degree. And I and I know that there's places doing that out there already, Yep. Um, which they, they seemed all very successful as far as where they're standardizing, like the level of brewer, depending on how big the place is, they have like, they hire a level one, then you move to a level two, but you have to have some sort of formal education to move to level three. Gotcha. Yep. So where do you feel where do you feel this is going to head so we there's so many more brewing like ours started in august of 2013 there's so many more programs out there now right and i think that's one of the things that can hurt recruitment and making like ultimately what we give you is a piece of paper right that's what any college and university gives you if there are tons of people being flooded out with this uh, and I use the term formal education kind of loosely because everyone is doing teaching things differently. Sure. Because we've had some transfer students. We've had some people that have had, you know, theoretical education or they've passed a certification or they've passed a, uh, a test, but they don't know how to use a triclamp. Right. Or, or they don't know how to measure out caustic and start a CIP loop. There is a that's that's a problem. Yeah. Or they don't know to check tanks for pressure. Any of that stuff, yeah. you know, just it, not necessarily common sense. But if you're not around the vessels and the things that you, you it's like, hey, I can give you a book on how to drive a car. And this is my classic example. Right. It doesn't mean you know where to put the key in the ignition if it has a key anymore. Right. Exactly. So, so it's one of those things where how do we how do we do that with all of these places out there and then it, it, making that piece of paper worth money is the key sure because there's if there's too many if the you You're know it's gonna big, flood the market if there's too many that's the thing yeah. like when you got your ancient history degree all the ancient history degree firms probably had already hired everybody they needed <laughs> you know the big ancient history degree firms yeah well, you studied all. it because you loved it yeah that's why you and i get that i understand that but there is a responsibility on the educator to make sure that we're not overproducing people for the industry. So sure. here in Asheville, North Carolina, I, we have a ton of breweries. I yep. don't even know how many there are anymore. I can't keep count. Probably four opened while we were talking. I can't keep count of the ones on the same block that I work on, let alone <laughs> in the city. So Right? So I feel, and I limit the cohort to 24 students right. uh, for a, a myriad of reasons. It's not just because, uh, I, you know, tw I know 24 if they all graduate in May, uh, which is usually a rare occasion because people decide it's not for them or they figure something else out. But uh, if I graduate 24, I know I can get them jobs. Right. If there's more programs, it, it, but it works here because we have so much craft beverage, it's not going to work everywhere else. Sure. And I think a lot of that falls on the community college because they're really the only ones that I've seen that are able to bring in the hands-on portion of it. These other larger universities are trying to hide this education under the um, like fermentation sciences so that their mom and dad aren't saying, wait, you're going to go learn about beer? Like, nah. -uh. So it's great for community colleges because they can actually bring in a brewery like mm -hmm. we have here at AB Tech yeah. where the students learn theory and then they go down the hall and there's a working live brewery there that they actually get their hands on. The and that's, yeah, application. Yeah, right. And that's where, you know, the experiential learning that sticks with them is that hands-on portion where they're connecting the dots between 
theory that they'd learned from me in class, and then they walked down the hall and learned from you the hands, excuse me, the hands-on portion. So that's where that connection is made, and that's where it becomes a lifelong learning capability of them being able to say, now I know how to work a tri-clamp, I'll never forget it. And now I know why I need to twist it this way or that way. Or, well, and you do it like a thousand times, it's, it's muscle right. memory at that yeah, point. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think that's where the community colleges has the, a foothold or an advantage over the other universities, is because they can do that hands-on portion of the training. Because I've met other students from these larger universities that are teaching the theory behind fermentation, but no one's actually brewing anything or so, they're using, you know, homebrew style in a laboratory. So, so the big thing is, you know, knowing the how the theory is important. Right. A hundred percent. Yes. And knowing the why is also, but to be able to do it is, is really what our program here is focused on because sure. we, we took things from other programs that we were involved with and, and you know, the, the hands-on portion, the day-to-day grind of actually yep. doing this job is something that you don't understand unless you're doing it. Yeah. And I'll give you a good example. When I first went to intern at Highwire before I started this program, I started there, I think it was like March of 2013, I was interning over there. Mm-hmm. And one of the first things I did was look over at the brew house and see, you know, like 15 different valves and pipes going everywhere. And I said, how the hell am I ever going to memorize where all those things lead to and which one to flip when? And I would never have learned that if I hadn't been able to do a hands-on and learn here at AB Tech because you actually get to go through that process of flipping all those valves, knowing where they all go, knowing which ones to flip and when to flip. Um, and you never learn that if you're not if you're just doing classroom work. You, you don't. No. And it's moving an a inch and a half hose pack full of sanitizer is way different than moving a tiny brewing hose that you use at home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's a gar- garden hose versus like, you know, a fire hose. Yeah, you know? no, no, it's, it, it is. And they just like, uh, you know, how you hold a uh, gasket or how you can hold a clamp in a, in a you know, a, a pretty relatively heavy hose and flip the clamp around and yep. making sure that it's still a sanitary connection. Yep. Uh, because really the job boils down to underpaid janitorial work. Oh yeah, for sure. It, there's You so, have to love it. You do. You. I mean, that's like a lot of industries though. Yeah. There's a grind on a lot of manu- whether it's manufacturing or I mean I know that you teach and you do it for the love of the money because it's so <laughs> lucrative because <laughs> what we pay yeah. you here as an adjunct is so lucrative. I, know, and, yeah. I was telling my father about getting a, a doctoral degree and he said, well, what kind of pay raise do you get? I think I, I was like, I think I get like 13 cents more, <laughs> something like that. I'll pay it off in like 55 years. No, and I remember uh, we asked you to, uh, you know, you got your master's degree. Yeah. Congratulations. That was a, a huge accomplishment. And then I was like, all right, you got, they need your transcripts. He's like, well, it's going to cost more money for my transcripts than I would get paid <laughs> in like the next eight years to yep. cover the transcript. And exactly. I was like, well, yeah, sorry about that, man. Here, here's your quarter raise. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's <laughs> something that we need to change too, and that's uh, it, well, you know, it, that yeah, and I, that's that's a I think more of a political thing, but we can get into that another time. Yeah, it's that is, I yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, now, as far as like hiring folks, do you value some of the licensures or certifications or some of the other like program like things? I, I know I'm a diploma brewer through the IBD. Yeah. And that was a theoretical thing, understanding theory, re- being able to replicate and like talk about the information. It was very intense. It was a two day test that gave you eight questions. You've tried it, right? Yeah. You, you've taken some of these modules yep. uh, and you wrote, you write for like eight hours. Yep. Or three hours, excuse me, on six out of the eight questions. You pick six. and Anyway, it was a very, very uh, laborious, very difficult thing to do. That being said, there was no hands-on portion to it. Nope. 
I can talk about all sorts of stuff, but I don't, that doesn't mean you can do it. So I, yeah, so, I, so I, I like even some of the, you know, it, there are good ones that actually make you taste things and talk about uh, sensory analysis, or there are, you know, there are a lot of certifications out there. Are there any credence to, to having some of it? So, oh, I mean, sure. you have some of them. I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not, not trying to put you on the spot. No, but I, I'm not trying to call anybody out either, but there are advantages and disadvantages to a lot of those things. As no, well. I, I'm a proponent of anything that you go after for an education wise. You I know, would agree. Whether it's a certification, a diploma, a degree, as long as you're trying and attempting to learn more about your craft, I, I applaud you. So I think any of those things um, have credence in the industry. So, I mean, there's some that are are more relevant to what I do looking to hire someone as a hiring manager. Um, it's more about like the degree because I want someone with hands-on and theory. Um, you know, if I'm hiring someone for the bar, then I might be looking more towards, you know, certification. Well, in the, the things I'm talking about, too, are, you know, if it's a certification, it may be more apt towards sales or somebody behind sure. the bar. Or sure. if it's a more theoretical work, it may be something more for production or manufacturing style of things. So there's there's things where you can pick and choose. But like I like you said, though, anybody that's going to pursue pursue education in something not only they're passionate about, but something they're looking to make a career out of. That's important to look at educating yourself on that particular topic. Right. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, even if you show me that you're you're trying to do that, I put you into the maybe box of hiring someone. Yeah. Um, but if you're not even trying, you don't have any of those things. Um, you're a home brewer off the street, and you want to work in the industry. You're probably not going to get off the you know the first page of my desk, and I'm going to go right in the trash. Well, I've I've had people uh, students here that uh, are joining our program because they have. Uh, chemistry degree or they have like a four-year chemistry degree and they're it's they can't break into the industry so yep. another thing that these programs do is it gets you face to face with like yourself uh who is a hiring manager yep. at a facility it gets you that networking opportunity with the people that have come before you and it gives you another opportunity to see you know the, the actual job because you had painted it before you get to sit around and drink beer all day we, you don't sit around and drink cider all day hell no no nor would you want to i no. mean you, it, not not in a bad way. I'm not saying that like, you're just like no, but I'm fucking tired of it. Um, yeah. But you, you you see what I'm saying? It's it's a it is manufacturing at its principle. There's safety concerns. There's you know environmental sure. concerns. There are all of these things that go into it. Whether you're making cider or shoes or tires, you know, yeah. it, it's a manufacturing process when it's done at a commercial scale. Right. And and people that come here with that sense of a wrong sense of what the industry is. Once they actually experience what it's like, some really gravitate towards it or some actually kind of pivot on their old degree or the, or like if they have a marketing or if they've right. been in web design or whatever. We've had a, a bunch of different uh, backgrounds sure. come through there. They may be able to kind of rotate what they've had education-wise and, and work experience before and use that in particular in the industry. But the more you understand the industry... I think the faster you rise through the ranks and the more money you can rate. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I know, you know, some of our um, graduating students from here are now doing graphic design, but for the brewing or the distilling industry. Yeah. And it gives them insight on what to put on labels because they know what, what's going on in the industry. Well, it, it, one of the things that always bugged me was like, if I'm seeing a brewery label and they put a still on it or like vice versa, like yep. there's no need to have a boil kettle on a, a vodka right that that's not i mean they may have mashed in the grains yeah but they're not going to boil it's it like before a they precursor yeah. to what they're really trying yeah, to do I, it just it, having that educational background kind of eliminates some of the we'll say snafus that yeah. happen and i think you make a great point about being able to network too 
I mean, there's so many people you can lo- meet and learn from in this industry, but the more you can do that, the better off you're going to be. And always learn. Always learn, yeah. And that's what brings me to Booze Clues. All right, let's okay. do it. <laughs> so you, yep. I've, I've told people since the dawn of time, which was 2013 when this program started, that this program was never about the student. It's about me getting free booze. <laughs> and now it's working because you brought booze in today. I did. So you uh, you brought me in a cider. Yes, I can I tell it's a cider. I, um, why don't you talk a little bit about this while I drink it? Yeah, no problem. So this is actually something that um, Josie, the owner of Urban Orchard, has always wanted to do for the last couple of years, which was a more of a session cider, so a lower ABV, but more of that. Um, I always want to call it paradise, but it's more of like a vacation style, like a Hawaiian style or Caribbean style uh, fruits. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Um, more tropical, like I'm tropical. getting a yeah. Tropical Mango is really getting... what what she was going after, but I keep calling it paradise for some reason. Well, that's because you've been to the Caribbean and it's paradise. <laughs> it is paradise. <laughs> it's right. pretty awesome. Um, so this is actually uh, one that we designed was mm. mango, guava, and kiwi. And it's that lower 5% ABV. So, so it's now really- you said lower at 5%. Are you guys concerned about the package? Are you concerned about the, you know, at 5%, 6% number, it usually keeps itself pretty clean. So you guys have innovated. So yeah, we went and got ourselves a pasteurization unit in order to make sure that this stuff stays stable. And now we actually got into, and I forget the name of it, I'll have to get it to you, but we can now send it over anywhere in the United States. I believe it's 40-ish states that allow for um, alcohol to be sent into and delivered to the homes. And so oh, now, nice. So now we send it anywhere in the United States that, the, that that's allowed. Yeah, and if you're listening to this right now, you really should order some of this because it is uh, some of the things, uh, not not the way you guys make cider, but there are some other cider companies out there that I think for me, it is a little sweet. Yeah. It's a little almost cloyingly sweet. Yeah. It co- this is sweet, but it goes away. Yeah. It's we, very refreshing. It's like palate cleansing. Stay, our highest sweet is really a, a mild sweet. Yeah. And we don't go much above that. This is fantastic. Thank you. It's, I could, oh. it's, and it goes down. I could just crush these. Yeah. Now, in moderation. In moderation, of course. And it's, only like eight to 10 at a sitting. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> sitting at a time. So we've got, uh, it's beautifully clear too. Uh, great carbonation. Yeah. I mean, that- so we still filter our for canning runs in order to clean out anything mm-hmm. else that would be residual to sitting in the cider. Cause we do age our cider. So that's one part that, that we do is differently. You, you guys age. treat it more like wine, right? Yeah, we do. We age it like a wine. We mature it. Um, and then we, for canning, we do filter it to make sure that's clear. Um, sort of comes out of the package. There's no kind of yeast sediment in the bottom of it. Sure. Um, but it also helps then with the um, pasteurization that we can actually make sure it's clean and clear and beautiful. Well, you don't get need autolyzed yeast or any some of those right. off flavors too. So this is how long has this been? I mean, this has been sitting around for a while. So this is super clean, super fresh. Yeah, we packaged this one in I believe I want to say April. We packaged wow. It. Are you see the fr- the flavor still there? It's this am- is yeah. amazing. We saw no degradation in the pasteurization um, for the flavor either. The carbonation is brilliant. The, like the mango, and, the, and now I'm getting some more of that kiwi as yep. I that little yeah that little just a, just a light, just a hint of yeah. it. I mean, no, nothing is overpowering. It's super well balanced. Thank you. Super excited about this yeah. product. Yeah, we really like it. Mm. And like the uh, application of it, you could. I mean, it's so refreshing and so light. You could actually eat it with something that's like super heavy and creamy, or it would cut really well with barbecue. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah, it, you know what I mean. Yep. It, like a fettuccine alfredo or something like that. Drink with anything. Yeah, honestly, it would fit with a lot of foods that I'm thinking. Or you could sit back and eat a bag of chips with it. Yeah, I mean, oh, it's summertime drink. It's. I mean, we just love it. That's fantastic. You guys are killing it. So then I poured you something. You did uh, because I know that you dabble. We'll say outside of the cider world with well, not only beer, but with whiskey. Just to learn about. Yeah, it just, it's for the students. <laughs> for the kids. As you always um, say. 
It's it is for the kids, and so one of the things that I know you enjoy is bourbon. Mm-hmm. I do, uh, and uh, you uh, not that <laughs> it smells amazing. You no, know, it, it's a it's a unique style of whiskey that I would like to see more people produce uh, for a couple of reasons. Now I know. You like bourbon and you like high rye bourbons, mid rye bourbons, and weeded bourbons as well. You, you, they all have their merit. They're all delicious. And I know you enjoy weeded bourbons. And so I wanted to throw you for a, what we refer to as a Lulu uh, and uh, get you something even more weeded. So this is actually a uh, straight wheat whiskey. Mm. It's seven years old. It's from Bernheim out of uh, Bardstown in Kentucky. So it's it's a, a wheat whiskey. So 71 percent, or no, 71, 51 percent of the grain bill uh, has to be wheat. Yep. Okay. Which is usually pretty unique when you're talking about some of these uh, larger distilleries. It's a unique blend uh, with with a high amount of wheat. Now, the, those, you know, drinking at home and following along, you know, rye would have a little bit more bites. It's a little sure. more sharp. Yep. And then you add wheat to the mash bill. It kind of rounds it out. Well, this whiskey in particular, as you're smelling it, mm, it's soft. It is. Right? I love it. Just right, the just smelling it. Yeah, just the smell is soft. So take a sip and tell me what you uh, what you first I mean, of all the way you smell. Well, it also it kind of reminds me of like I said, paradise. It's got like coconut in it. Yeah, it's got it, vanilla in it. There, there are some really like it's that. Tro- it's like yeah. to- very tropical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you get a few other fruity esters in there too. Like oh yeah, I do get the, a lot of coconut, a lot of vanilla, but I get just like a hint of like. I want to say apple. There's a little apple, apple in there. There's a pineapple. Yeah, yeah, cherry, I think, is a little bit in the background there. And breathe through your nose and mouth at the same time. You get a whole bunch of oh, different other amazing. flavors. Yeah. Uh, try it now. Tell me what you think. Because I think, uh, you know, for the price point, it's fantastic whiskey. And there is a, it's unique because it's wheat. You don't see a lot of these. I think it's uh, it's something. It's, not, it's smooth, too. It, it's really, it, it's seven years old. It's at uh, 45%, ironically enough, too. Mm. So it is a little bit overproof. It's not crazy proof, but 90, 90 is uh, much higher than normal. I do get more of that apple now in the mm-hmm. taste from it, for sure. But it definitely coats. There's also like, um, God, I want to say there's even like a little bit of banana or something in there, too. Could be. That's pretty classic, uh, isolamyl acetate there. But you get some of that, uh, definitely some char from the inside of the barrel. Yep, you get sure. a lot of that. Oh, it's a like, beautiful copper color, yeah. Yeah. And you can see the legs falling down in the glass mm-hmm. pretty slow and pretty thick. Uh, and there's a lot of them, so you can tell the the proof in the. Oh, it's the, delicious! Yeah. yeah, it's really well done. And so I don't feel guilty about uh, making a cocktail with it, uh, but you have to be really careful because it's not a giant flavor. It's not like a high rye or a, you know a 95 percent rye. Right. Uh, it, it's a little bit smoother, so you have to be a little more deft of hand when you're mixing stuff with it. Sure. Uh, you know, backing off on fruit juices, like if you're going to replicate kind of classic cocktail flavors, you want to maybe cut some of the other components in half. Gotcha. So the so the whiskey doesn't get overpowered. I bet you this would taste really good with this vacation station. I bet it would. Yeah. I bet it would. Like almost like a... a Very complimentary to each other. Yeah. Almost like a, a Uber Boilermaker. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So getting back to edumacation, now that we've been drinking and <laughs> enjoying what we... Uh, the fruits of our labor. Yeah, the fruits of our labor. Uh, when we're talking about... Uh, Education in general, I think you hit the point, and I really want to back this home. Anybody in any profession doing anything, really, that is trying to further themselves by learning more about it, whether it's a certification, a class, a diploma, a degree, uh, a master's, or a doctorate, I think that that's, uh, there's certainly merit to chasing and, and, and educating yourself in that regard. Sure. And so you 
working on your doctorate. What's the end goal, bud? Well, that's a good question. Besides yeah. making you call me doc. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I really want to um, try and push and lead the a community college kind of, I don't know if it, what the right word of it is, but a, you know, a, a group or a, a association of community colleges towards this standardization, standardization yeah. of formal brewing education and, and tie in with the associations that kind of govern and, and talk about and have conferences and, and push this educational format um, to the brewing industry. And part of it is today so that we can get um, students that know the same things no matter where they're learning it. Well, um, and, and I mean, that's it's like the, medical school. I mean, all medical school, you're going to learn, come out and learn the same stuff. Well, yeah. And the thing, too, is with, uh, you know, if you have to move. Right. Like you start a degree here and you have to move. You like to transfer. Your loved one or somebody yeah. gets sick and you need to go. That, it, there's life transfers happens. all the time. Yep. Life happens. Yep. I, I've got a transfer student this semester. Yeah. Uh, she already has uh, safety and sanitation from another school, which concerns me. But, I mean, it does. It's the same thing you're sure. talking about. I don't know what she learned at this other school. Right. And so we're our standard of, you know, what we like to refer to as excellence, because, I mean, you got a job. I mean, hell. <laughs> um, but where we, at the level at where we teach, we want to make sure everyone's doing the same thing. Exactly. Um, so I really want to push that. I don't only really want to make sure it's standardized without the industry, but I think it'll help the industry continue its success and continue its growth. Because I don't want to see a backslide in the industry. No, rising we've, tide floats all boats. Man. Yeah, we've we've come this far. I'd hate for it to go backwards because there isn't a standardization of education. Well, because some breweries are getting you know better results or better um, employees, and some aren't, or, or some aren't learning the the proper OSHA standards for safety. So, and eventually we will start to get governed more and regulated more with cleanliness. And because right now, anyone Joe Schmo can go open a brewery and start serving the public. Yeah. Who knows what he's going to serve them? Is it going to be safe to consume or not? Yeah. But we need to make sure that that's all regulated and standardized. And I think education is the way to do it. 100%. 100% agree. Thanks for showing up today, Greg. My pleasure. Thanks for bringing the cider. Anytime. You can, you can leave that can. I will leave the I can. Will, There's another one I can I, leave you to. I will make sure that uh, it gets uh, uh, not drank. No, Tested. that's the, uh, analyzed. 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 There you go. Analyzed. Yeah, that's the word <laughs> I was looking for. Um, thanks again. Stop by anytime. My I pleasure. I appreciate you uh, uh, taking out of time of your busy schedule uh, with earning your doctorate and running running the cidery. So. Trying hard. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Uh, thanks pleasure. to Danny McConnell from McConnell Farms for sponsoring this podcast. Taste the way you remember thanks danny for everything that you do for our program uh, with your donations and uh, expertise cheers everybody 